important podcast about hair? Question mark. Featuring Ryan Teal and Stephen Adams as your co-hosts. Let's begin. Hello. Are you there? Mr. Ryan Teal. Welcome. We're awesome. Live. Good morning, everybody. Well, wait, it's not morning. morning. <laughs> it depends on when they're watching it. It could be the morning, I guess. I have no idea what time it is, but welcome to once again. What is our show, Ryan? It's the super important podcast about hair. Yeah, and I just I did, I did just got our website set up the other day, so it is. It's not built completely, but we're going to try to get that up and running, and that is a super a, a super important podcast dot com. We'll well, what we should do is we should have like t-shirts made that are like a super important t-shirt. <laughs> we, could. <laughs> we could totally do that. That would be super fun. Well, um, I'm actually going to have for my, for my other thing, like just my Ryan Teal website that I'm building. I'm, I'm thinking about seeing if I could get um, weed grinders made weed. with my face on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, so, uh, we got, what do we want? How has your week been so far? I mean, it's only, oh. what day is today? Tuesday. So you're always on the road. You're traveling a ton. You've been sharing inspiration all around. Where were you last and what, how's your week been? I had, I had a pretty intense tour. So about, well, when we did our last, um, uh, podcast a couple of weeks back, I was in Wichita I had left Oklahoma City, drove up to Wichita. That was not this this Monday, but the Monday before last. And I spent a couple of days in Wichita, met some great salons there. It was really funny because I, I talked to a, a ton of people, and it was like everywhere I went. I went to a bar at one point, and I was I was just eating and, and whatever. And this woman's like, so what do you do for a living? I'm like, I'm a hairdresser. And she's like, well, what's your name? I'm like, Ryan Teal. She's like, I have been following you for like three years and I just now went to beauty school. I'm so happy that, you know, you're in here and, you know, it was, all, it was, it was it's fun doing that, but you know, I, I wanted to eat my tacos. Um, no, it was, it was totally rad. I went and like visited the salon the next day. Um, so I was in Wichita. I came home Thursday. I was off all day Thursday, Friday. Uh, I washed my clothes. Uh, and then I got back on the road Saturday and I uh, flew down to San Antonio um, taught a great class Sunday, you know, a hands-on class Sunday, a hands-on class Monday. Tried to fly home yesterday, nothing but delays, got stuck in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, had to end up spending the night in Atlanta. Like, you know, got into my hotel room at one o'clock in the morning, and they're like, so how's your day been? I'm like, do you really want to know how my day has been? They're like, well, what's the matter? I'm like, I mean, I don't get to go home tonight. I got to stay here. That's what's the matter. You know, I was just really crabby. And then I finally got home today at like 9.30 and I, I literally have slept all day. I'm actually, you know, I have like, you know, my nice shirt on and a t-shirt on. I'm actually in my pajamas right now because I, I haven't gotten out of my pajamas all day. I'm sorry. And I'm keeping you up so much more. No, no, no. It's perfect. Man, it's <clears throat> traveling and being on the road as an educator sometimes is like super hard. Uh, I love it. I flew out on Sunday night. Flew from Minneapolis to Chicago, from Chicago to Detroit. Okay. Seems like a long ways to go just to get somewhere. 
And then I didn't get in in until about midnight. Really? Yeah. And then by the time I got, you know, set, organized, prepared for my class the next morning, you know, it's like one in the morning. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, I'm up at six, seven o'clock, heading over to the class, meeting all the people. We had, we had a class about like 30 people, which is- Oh, nice. Yeah. Did, you have, did you have help? Did you have support? No, 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 no. Just by yourself, hands on. Um, it wasn't a hands-on class. So uh-huh. this one, this one was a demo. So I uh-huh. went and, um, did did a three-hour demo, three hours of just like did three different haircuts. Talked about a little bit about business, a little bit about retail sales, uh, a lot about like the techniques and what we were doing. I created a shake, a bob, and nice. like dry cutting too. So it was super fun. It was really engaging. But then as soon as I was done. I had to like cruise again, but I had two hours to wait before I really wanted to go to the sit in the airport. And then, so I did something really cool. I went, do you know, third men records. Where is that? Well, Nashville is where it's originally. This is the. Yeah. That looks familiar. Third, re- third man records. Um, it's now Jack White is part, I think owns it or bought it out. It was okay. originally like recording some studios in Nashville and third man records is now based out of Detroit. And I happened to stumble upon the store and where they make all the vinyl. Oh, wow. That's Which cool. Really cool. This is like one of the things I love about traveling. So I thought I'd show off my record collection that I just bought. Is that okay. I bought a couple because, you know, you have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just, I got this, the Flat Dual Jets. Oh, that's a great album. I lost this in a flood in my house, so I was, like, so excited. It's not open yet, but I can't wait. I wish it was an original press, but it's a reproduction, you know, the second second thing. Uh, the Melvins, another one that I lost, which is another great album. I'm very excited to, like, go crazy and listen to. Great album. Um, MC5. Oh, uh, kick out the jams. Exactly. That's I, also a reproduction. A reproduction. Though, they're right? all reproductions. They're all within the last two to three years. Every single one. Uh, a Neil Young album. Uh-huh. We, we talked about that before. Awesome, yeah. And like a Neil Young fanatic. Uh, we've got two more. The Electric Mud. So this is Muddy Waters. Okay, cool. I have no idea what this is, but I'm really excited to pop it on and listen to listen to it because I think that's important. And then just because I don't feel like I have enough of this, American Epics, just like a whole slew of everything from like Alabama Shakes to uh, – Jack White is on here to Nas to Taj Mahal to oh cool yeah just like uh, just a crap load of different different types and different styles of music and I figure that should be a great just something fun to do when Thanks, I have but, a little downtime yeah. to hang out. I uh, I read an article once where Henry Rollins was talking about how he goes to the record store like once a week. And he looks at records like he does, like his diet. And so he looks at um, the records that he already knows or the ones that he's owned or the ones that he already loves. He thinks of those as proteins. No, 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 no. He thinks of those as carbs. And then a new album, 
he thinks of those as proteins. And so he always tries to have, he'll, he'll try and buy one carb to every two proteins. Okay, that makes sense. I'm like, that's awesome. I love the way of looking at that. That's a really cool way of looking at it because yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, it's like, it'd be so great to have like an original album, you know, just kind of like buying that. You're very, you know, it's like buying the 1965 Mustang. Mm -hmm. like, you can't buy them all, but you can buy one, one here and there. But yeah. sometimes you got to buy the... 2019 Mustang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. I don't think I would be. <laughs> but that's just my own thing. Yeah, so I thought I think, you know, one of the cool things about traveling is to like you get to run into some really cool stuff and you get to see some really great salons. Like the salon I was at uh was a great salon. You know, the distributor that brought me in did a really great job. They filled the class, and it was really cool. It's just really great to see some really neat people that I've never yeah. seen before. So hopefully um, it was good enough that they'll keep doing that and keep bringing me in. You know, and that's, I mean, I'm sure you deal with the same. Because I like, tell me a little bit about your scenario. Like, you work for a distributor. Yeah. So I don't sell anything. Right. I don't work for any manufacturer right now. Uh, my whole thing is I just sell relationships. So, so um, the sales rep will just say, hey, can I come in and you know, can we bring in Ryan to come in and do a demo? And then uh, I go in and do a demo. And if they want to do business with us, they, they can have me back for a hands-on class later. You know, and my whole, our whole theory is, it's a very like 1990s hairdressing theory where like, you know, I remember like, like, uh, you know, going in, in salons that didn't carry Paul Mitchell and teaching Paul Mitchell classes. Right. And then all that dried up in the late 90s. It's that whole philosophy. It's like, you know, we're just going to teach you how to cut hair. And if you love us, do business with us. If you don't love us, that's okay. At least you're still, at least you're still you know, right. uh, getting something. And then do you ever go into um, salons then that already work with that distributor? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we'll give them a little extra. We may give them like so. My typical hands-on class, I have it down to four hours. I have a I have a demo for two hours, and then I have a, a hands-on class for four hours. You learn two haircuts and a hands-on. Yeah. Um, and then I have like an intensive, a couple of intensive hands-on classes where like I have one of them that's a four eight-hour day, you know, thing that we split up into two classes. But that's usually for people that we do a lot of business with or really need some extra help. Um, and then I've also been doing a little bit of coaching on the side too. So like, you know, like giving people advice and, you know, how to work with their, their social media or how to like uh, become better platform artists or whatnot. Right. Well, and I, I mean, realistically, what always happens is the minute that you are uh, in a class or, in, you know, in front of somebody, you're already giving them advice and sharing some information and it just becomes more and more and more. That's really cool. It's really yeah. interesting that you are able to do that through a distributor, not with a manufacturer, because it's usually not really that way. I think it's really cool. So you've kind of like really forged your own like your own uh, career path. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, I tried to work with this distributor for a while. Like I tried. I mean, uh, I was working for my the last company I, I, I used to work for. Um, we'll call them the J Beverly Hillbillies. Um, and I was working for them and, and I met this distributor and I just loved this distributor so much. I thought that everybody that worked there was super cool. 
And so I used to, I just started asking him for a job and he was like, no, I, I don't know what I would do with you. Like, like, you know, what do you do? I'm like, I'll be a, I'll be a sales rep. And he just started laughing at me. He's like, look at you, you would build sales soap. Um, and I was like, well, maybe, you know, I'll do, I'll be a brand manager. He's like, no. And then he was like, you know, well, why don't you just go, you know, why don't you just do education? Just do in, independent education for me. Um, he didn't want me to go to any product knowledge classes. He doesn't want me to go to any Davines classes or Evo classes or any of the companies that we work for um, because he doesn't want me to be tainted by, by the marketing departments in those manufacturers. Well, and also, usually when you're stuck with one manufacturer, you're stuck with one manufacturer. Exactly, exactly. Industry to be able to go through, go to and work with multiple manufacturers. At least it seems that way in the States. It seems like in Europe, it's a little bit easier i feel like mm-hmm. some, some of the educators there have a little easier time of doing that but it seems like here it's really challenging to do that it is and i, I feel like um you know it, it's really challenging because the, the manufacturer really wants to kind of mark their territory with you but then on the other hand you know i was saying it today in my in my um instagram live not instagram live but my instagram story that like you know they want to piss all over you and mark their territory but on the other hand you know you're replaceable so they don't have loyalty to you you know you're supposed to have all the loyalty to them but they don't have loyalty to you now i'm i'm making a, a brash generalization as well i mean a little bit you know, because not all that, manufacturers are like, <laughs> not all manufacturers that not way. all manufacturers are like that and, and not no. all like distributors are like that but it's, no, no, I mean, no. but there are there's a few that are very much like that. I, I think that, that the majority is very much like that. I think the minority are, are the manufacturers and the distributors that do actually give, excuse my language, that actually give a fuck about the hairdresser and their artists. You know, and I think that the ones that do are the ones that hairdressers need to support. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think it's so important to be able to work with a manufacturer and or a distributor that's going to give you some flexibility. Yeah, and I think that's huge because I, I have to be. You know, I'm in a very fortunate position because the company that I work with, um, Erosio, it's like Nick has been very flexible. If he doesn't have any work for me, he will let me work with other people. And I've worked with like Mike Karg, and I've worked couple other things independently and he's totally fine with it as long as i communicate it to him he doesn't want to hear about me doing stuff on the side you you know without yeah. like communicating it just as long as i'm open and honest and we have an open honest relationship then it's like totally cool and i think that's pretty amazing i think so too i think so too and i think that's one of the things that i really really respect about working with them so i have a question for you Ready? Because yeah. you, know, you yeah. work in a lot of salons. Um, someone asked me this question earlier today, uh, and it had to do with walkouts. You've also owned a salon, and having a walkout in a salon is so detrimental to a business. As a salon owner, over the years that I've worked in, in worked as a salon owner and also as a stylist, I have probably personally been involved in about four or five walkouts. And I'll say like, I've seen it. So like I've been the stylist in the company that has had major walkouts. In fact, I was at the last point kind of a person. I didn't walk out with people and go work with other people, but I kind of walked 
found walked out at the same time. Oh wow! And then okay. I've had people. I've had three walkouts in my salon in twenty years, where we've had large ex mastodists and they just like go 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 go. So, <clears throat> as a coach, as an inspiring educator, this is a hard one because someone asked me this because they're just encountering this for their first time. What do you tell them? You know, it's part of the business. And, you know, I've had multiples. I've never participated in it because I only ever worked at one salon that wasn't mine for about six months. Um, so six months after graduating from school, I already owned my own salon. And, and you know, I had walkouts, but sometimes I had like walkouts of like one person. So, I mean, that's not a big deal. I have had large walkouts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what you tell them is, is that, you know, it's like a dog that bite, bites. Okay, so I have a Cane Corso. So, you know, and my Cane Corso right now, she's 100 pounds. She's one year old at 100 pounds. She'll be about uh, 200 pounds eventually when, when she's fully grown. Um, this breed will bite. And every time you own a dog that, that will bite or can bite or has that nature to bite, if that dog bites, it's not the dog's fault. It's your fault. If you're having a walkout, it's like a dog biting. It is the nature of a salon, of a hairdresser to be, and that's what we love about this industry, is they're passionate, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, the stylists are extremely passionate. Extremely, and we get passionate about stupid shit. We get, we get, passionate about about soap in bottles you know we get you know i mean that's ridiculous or i get really stupidly passionate about like at the end of the night i want the chairs turned a certain yes i mean it's the dumbest thing ever and i know it but at the same time like i really love how it looks from the street Mm -hmm. and so the the what we love about this community is what I love about my Corso. She might bite, right? She looks like she's going to bite. What? You like the thrill of it, the risk. Well, yeah, well, and it's like, you know, she's my guard dog, she's my watchdog, and people aren't gonna break into my house when she's here, you know? Um, Hairdressers are passionate, they care about everything, they love everything, and they'll get behind anything that they wanna get behind. But if they walk out, whose fault is it? It's your fault. There is a reason that they walked out, and, and, and it's 100% your fault. Now, you need to figure out what you did and fix that. And a lot of times, all you did was switch manufacturers. Well, I was going to say, yeah, there's a huge change. That could be easily part of it. It could be a, many, many things. I know, like, mm-hmm. I could just speak from my experience, like, why I left the – I've left two salons. The first one I didn't leave because of – a walkout I left because I reached my maximum potential and I was recruited to move up to Minneapolis. But the second reason, the second salon I left, I left because it lost the salon or the ownership of the salon lost its passion. Yes. Lost the drive and the energy that sparked me. They lost that leadership that drove me to be, want to be there. Does that make sense? 
Oh, and totally. I just kind of felt like I was just going. And now I fast forward and I look into my own couple walkouts. One, one walkout was because we did a build out and it was changing the salon and the way it was laying and it was making it twice as big and it was all brand new and it was taking three, four times longer than they promised us. And so that created a rip. And so we ended up like, when, and during that process, we had one employee who was just like, not the best like attitude. So we we're like, Hey, you, either you got to like cut it out or you got to leave. Well, she chose to leave. And because of that, then everyone else was like, well, she's leaving. I'm leaving. Boom, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. yeah. That happens. And, but that was my fault too. I could, I didn't like try to hone her in and keep her, keep her in. And then I have like the second walkout was a little bit, you know, they, you know, it's like, I wasn't around as much. I was traveling more. I was teaching. Yep. So, and when I was there, I was busy behind the chair and I was like so busy because what happened was I wasn't giving them the time and energy and I wasn't re-sparking them. I wasn't like getting them excited about doing, pa- you know, like passionate things. Like you said, they're passionate people. They got to do passionate things because we as hairdressers know that if we're always stuck behind the chair, it's just like doing the same thing over and over and over, even though it's not, it's a different person and different haircut, but it still feels the same and very repetitive after a while. And I uh, feel what happens is when <clears throat> the leadership isn't there to remind them about the passion, then it starts to like dwindle and then they start to go in a bad place. And then they start to look across the fence and the grass always looks greener on the other side. Mm. So then they jump and it kind of goes into the whole thing. Like why right now there's so many independent contractors and so much because it looks so much greener right now and it mm-hmm. looks great, but realistically all of, you know, and this is something that I've really focused on this last year is if, even though I own, I own a, on one side of my employee base salon, I own on the other side, an independent contracting salon. And I wanted to see what would happen. What I've realized is I really have to focus all of my energy on my employees so that they stay because otherwise they would all go over to the other side. Mm-hmm. And in, and from a business standpoint, I mean, it's about the same, but realistically I won't make as much money if they go over to the, you know, the contracting side. And it's not so much that, I won't make as much money. The salon won't make as much yeah. money, which means that we can't hire assistants, which means that they can't do as much work, which means we ha- can't hire a front desk, which means that they have to, you know, it's like becomes a cycle. So it's really a catch 22. It's like you, really when you start to think about the values of it, what's important, it's all has some monetary value of some sort that you have to put into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I agree. And I, I feel like, um, a lot of us, Oh, that's sweet. They upgraded us. What was that? Uh, the meeting has been upgraded by the host and now it includes unlimited minutes. Oh, that's so great. I love that when that happens. I was like, <laughs> time. I lost track of time. 
<laughs> um, I feel like what happens a lot too. I remember I was sitting in a bar one time. Actually, what's really funny is I was sitting in a bar one time with Robert, and um, it was at, it was at an airport. I think it was San Jose actually. And Urban Rusk shows up, and we were talking. And Robert already had a salon, but I remember I wanted I was trying to open my salon at the time, and I remember him looking at me saying that everybody needs to be a salon owner. Um. And I, at the time, I was like, well, screw you. I need to be a salon owner. I'm, I'm, you know, the best salon owner of all time. And, you know, I used to do a lot of things for ego. Um, I used to charge prices for ego. I used to, um, everything I did, actually, in my first, you know, couple of salons, I did out of ego. You know, nowadays, you know, ego needs to be completely out of your business. Um, it needs to 100% be legitimacy. Um you know, and, and I actually tomorrow I'm probably going to talk about like how to you know set your pricing because, you know, some people want to have a hundred dollar haircut in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they're only, you know, paying $750 a month rent. You know, they're in a crappy location. They're paying $750 a month rent and they want a hundred dollar haircut. Unless you're doing, unless you're like 110% productive and you need to punch holes in your, your clientele, you need to be going at a pretty decent rate, not, not be as, as that expensive no. you know and it's like, uh, a lot of owners have a tendency to like oh we need assistance and they don't need assistance because they're not busy so they think that oh i can train the assistant or the apprentice and yet they need the education as well but they think that the more employees they have or the more apprentices they have that's going to make them better that happened to me you know Interesting. Yeah, no, it's true. It's, I mean, the thing is, is like you have, we, you, as a, as a salon owner, you want to like constantly grow and improve. You want mm-hmm. to, because you're a businessman, a business person or businesswoman or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, as a business person, you are always looking for growth and movement. And sometimes you have to take a look at yourself. If you're not, if you're not busy, how is the rest of your team going to be busy? Exactly. Um, and if, like, for myself, I'm at a point where I'm trying to dwindle down. It's, like, been really challenging. I'm trying to dwindle my time. And I have a couple of rock stars that I want to keep pushing. Like, they're booked so far in advance, and they do make so much money. It's, like, unbelievable. But now I want to teach them how to, like, be even busier. And to be able to work, like really work with an assistant, just like a, uh, a dentist who really doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Then folks around a little bit, the hygienist and the assistants do all of the work. So we really want to, <laughs> someone just asked me, why would you want more employees? Steve Ukes asked if, why would we want more employees if they're not productive? You don't want more employees if they're not productive. No. Make sure the employees are productive. What we're saying is there are some salons that you were saying that some there are some salons they just hire people even though the owner themselves are not busy. Yeah, or the, the whole salon is not busy. And you only want to hire when you are busy. I always look at it as you got to be 75 to 80% booked. When you hit 75 to 80% booked all the time, that's a good time to hire an assistant. Mm-hmm. When you're 75% to 80% booked, that's when you want to bump your prices up. 
And you keep doing that. But until you're doing that on a constant, you know, four or six weeks out, uh-uh, don't do that. We want to make sure that you're really paying attention to like watching those numbers so you can really grow. I used to do a base top for three months. What was that? Uh, I used to do it like if you're 80, uh, 75 to 80% off of three month average, then, then I would let you go ahead and either, you know, I would, I would go ahead and let you raise your price. Yeah, I think that's a really great, great opportunity. That's when you want to like look at it. Because it's not ego driven at that point. Then it's just fact. It's just, yeah. It, and it needs to be fact. Don't raise your prices until you are where you want to be. <laughs> Here's a good one that I got yesterday. And you, you might have heard, heard this back in the 90s as well, because I heard this all the time. And I always heard it from manufacturers and distributors. Okay. Never, ever, ever discount your service. Discount the retail, never discount the service. I lately am like, you know what? BS. I'm going to discount my service because that doesn't cost me anything. Retail costs me. Retail sitting on my shelf costs me. That's 10 grand sitting on my shelf. I would rather discount me a little bit because that's not going to cost me much more. I've already paid for my chair. You know? Um, Because if the product is sitting on your shelf, you've already paid for it and it's not making you any money. Yep. Yeah. That's I get that part of it. Discounting your services. I mean, I think the reason people started saying that don't discount your services is because there used to be like, send me three people, I'll give you one free. You mm-hmm. know, give you a haircut mm-hmm. free. You know, it's like you constantly do the pushing and just selling people or like every other week, 20% off of color this week, 20% off of cuts this week, 30% off of and like that kind of on a weekly, weekly basis or always over consistently, always being on discount, that's bad. Every once in a while, like I have some really cool people that I like every once in a while I do trades with, you know, uh, the lady, who clean, you know, my friend Christy who cleans my house, she cleans my house once a month. I do her hair once a month. It's a perfect trade. That's my discount. Yeah. Or, you know, if someone loses their job. Oh, you know what? You lost your job. You're looking for a job. Great. Just keep coming in. We'll just pay what you can. When you get back, catch me up. No oh. big deal. That's the kind of discount I liked. Unsolicited discounts. Um, with re- retail, I usually will discount retail over services. And I really, but it's, I really do that to drive in like, drive those retail sales because I hate having dead money sit on my shelves. It's kind of like my color order. I hate, I look, I love having my, you know, huge, huge color bar full of color, but I want to see it dwindle. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, I want to see it almost empty because if it's almost empty, that means or pretty close to empty. That means that we're actually, that means that we're actually, actually like selling shit. Mm-hmm. And that we're like doing hair. Adam Federico says, oh shit, you two beasts. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Adam Federico. Speaking Adam, of Adam Federico. Adam dude, Federico. I, saw, I saw today on Facebook that he's a, he's a yoga instructor. <laughs> yoga? I was going to comment on that. Like you also like ice in your bourbon too. <laughs> Me, I ice my bourbon. Uh, well, I do too now, but that's a it's a different story. 
Well, I'm hoping that Adam, when he comes out, that we can all sit down and chat. So Adam, if you're still on, I hope you got, hope you are hearing this, that we'll get you to be on here and talk a little bit about this stuff too. Definitely. So, um, always laughing his ass off. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of the discounting though, like, okay, so I've been very lucky the last two years, um, me and my buddy Roy J, we, we cut an entire community of, of musicians that is this whole like alt country kind of thing. And I've told you that like, you know, I've cut like, you know, Cody Jinx's hair a couple of times and Whiskey Myers and like the Whitey Morgan guys and, you know, all that. I do those for free. And, and, and the way I look at it that way is, you know, I'm leveraging that, that free service that I gave to get the next one that's going to be bigger. And I stole that straight up from Gary V. Straight up. Give that service away you know, and, and like a high end service, yeah. take pictures of it. And then, that, you know, then you go to like another magazine, be like, well, look what I did. Well, and then look what I did. Exactly. And here's, here's the thing. It's like, um, what's his name? Her Godzito. Same thing. Like I sat in a class and I was listening to him speak about it. And like, that's what they do is they do a model day where they come in and they like do all their models for the next week that they're going to post. And, Mm-hmm. They just bust it all out and they give those services away. The rest of the time, they charge. They're not trying to like snap pictures of every single person. I think that's just brilliant to be able to do that, utilize marketing. In our salon, what we do is we work a lot of times. Um, uh-oh, Steve Kim is watching. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, Steve. What's up? Uh so what we, you know, what we do a lot of times in the salon is like with the models that we work with, um, when I take their photos and we put them up on the walls and put them in the posters, then we utilize them as our, uh, you know, we give them that service and we continue giving them that service for like while they're on the wall. It's like marketing. Mm-hmm. It's better than like paying it. Those are great kind of discounts. That's the kind of discount I think that people should do. Something that's actually going to give them more business. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just give discount to like Sally and Joe because they're sweet. You want to give Sally and Joe a discount because they're going to give you like six times more business. Yes. Yes. So. So I have a question. Oh, you got this a question? From, yeah, this one is from Desiree underscore hairstylist. Oh, yeah. Um, do you think the increase in salon suites, independent contracting is just a trend or do you think the future will be increasingly independent? I have my opinion. I'll let you start. <laughs> okay. You really want to hear my opinion on it? All right. Yeah. Here's my opinion on it. <clears throat> I think they're here to stay, but this is not the first time in my career that I've seen them. They were really big and really started in the eighties. And in the 80s, that late 80s, early 90s, the booth rental system and the whole suite style salons was huge. It really started out growing and a lot, there was a lot of walkouts of a lot of salons and people all went to them. But come around like the mid 90s, early 2000s, they weren't getting the support or the need or the leadership as we were talking about earlier hairdressers are really passionate people. They need to have something to be passionate about. And because of that, they have to be like pushed just a little tiny bit. And when you're by yourself, you're not 
you don't always have that push unless you are one of those remarkable people, which there definitely is. There's lots of them out there that will grow into something else. So I think that, that it's always going to be here and it's going to be here more than it was in the nineties. But I think we've reached its pinnacle with that reached that peak of that pendulum and it's starting to swing backwards. And I, I, my prediction is in the next like five to 10 years, you're going to see a little less of it and a little bit more of an uptick with, uh, with uh, employee-based salons again. What are your thoughts there, Ryan? I know you're like dying to say something. No, okay. no, I, I, a lot of it I agree with as well. I agree with a lot of that as well. I, uh, one thing I do want to touch on is the whole, you know, you're locked in a cubicle by yourself. That's like, that's like, like um, homeschool kids, man. Like, I don't know if I could do uh, the salon suites because I, I would be that weird homeschool kid that like, hey, what are you guys doing? Can I come and hang out? You know, because like you aren't with other hairdressers. We are, we're pack animals. We have to be with other hairdressers. I think that, yes, it has been around for a long time. I think that it went on the upswing and I think it's going to continue. And I think it's going to continue to get stronger. And I, I think that we have seen, not the, I think that the American dream of the American hair salon, the 15, 20, 30 chair hair salon, I don't think that's the American dream anymore. You know, I, I think that, that damn, because like, I have one, <laughs> but, but I think that no. they're drying up and I think it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay that they dry up. I think that it's, it's nice to be, you know, getting a little smaller. I know that if I was to open a salon now, it would probably only be me in it. You know, like I, I don't really know if I would ever want to have a bunch of employees again. I've had a bunch of employees. I've had a bunch of salons. I had a small chain for a while and, and I, you know, nowadays, it's like, you know, if it was up to me, I would move back in with my mom. <laughs> you know, I mean, mom. Yeah, totally. I would, I would do that in a heartbeat because, you know, uh, and, and again, I, I've been quoting Gary Vee like a freaking son of a bitch, but I mean, we spend so much money to buy crap to impress people we don't care about. And I feel like, like the hair salon was that they were unprofitable? Not all of them. There were some that were run very well, and I know that yours was as well. But a lot of them were like, "I'm going to open this 15 chair salon, and I will be broken among." Right. Hey, we got you a know? couple of questions here. First, Adam Federico did chime in and says, "He says unless he unless unless the IRS comes in and cracks down, it's here to stay. The entire industry seems to be at a shifting point." Or shifting to support that type of business model, and the industry is. I think it's totally true. It's totally changing. Oh yeah, everything for manufacturers. Like sometimes I really don't even want to send my employees to a class because they're really talking to them about being independent versus as a team. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I still think it's really important for them to go to those classes. I think it's it's really, really, really important. But Cheryl has a question here. Um, she's a fully booked, she is fully booked. And now so many haircuts that have driven down my average ticket to half of my regular average with my color clients to get in. How do I fix that? As a temporary solution, I've des designated the times for color only and times each day for only three haircuts. Any suggestions? Oh, so, so what she's saying is she's so busy that she's got more haircuts than color. And because of that, she's not able to get her color 
clients in because the cutting clients are filling the books. This is a great problem to have. Yes. How would you solve it? Uh, I would solve it by raising your, your hair cutting prices. <laughs> I mean, in reality, so a hair cutter is never going to make as much money as the colorist ever. I never made as much money as Dan Lynn. But it didn't matter because, because we had joint banking accounts, so it didn't really matter. Um, but I would say that, that if it's driving down your prices, I think a designated day is okay. But on the other hand, a lot of times people want to get in on the same time. You know, they get their color done, they want their haircut done as well. So really, just raise your cutting prices. I mean, if that's the issue, yeah, just raise I say I would definitely do that. I'd raise your color prices. Or the second thing I would do is... I would be hiring an assistant to get it to be doing my color. Like I start the color, they finish the color. Yeah. You want to yeah. start doing, start training your assistants to be replacing you as the color. So you can just become a hair cutting machine. Yeah. And either or that, those would be the two things, but either way I would still raise your cutting prices. If you're that booked and you're that busy and you can't keep on, I would, it's time. Some, you got to like start, that means your demand is up. You know, and if your your supply and demand is what drives prices, we talked about that earlier. So probably end up end pretty soon. We've been doing this for like almost a little over an hour, or about an hour. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like by fast. We don't want to give away all of our information. We got um, to next week because we don't have to do well, this again. Or tomorrow, actually, because aren't we going to be doing on? Well, we're going to do that, and then we'll launch that next week. Oh, okay. Okay, that's good. That's yeah. good. Idea. Shh. <laughs> okay. Build suspense, Ryan. You're ruining. <laughs> you're ruining the flavor. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. <laughs> Let's see, I have a few. I have a couple uh, not questions and statements. Um, I wouldn't be able to get inspired. Uh, I have to be inspired by my coworkers. Yep. Uh, I was just thinking Gary V. Uh, hell yeah, right on Stephen. Uh, supply and demand drive up the price. Not a problem at all. Not a bad problem. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're. I, I, you know, I actually think that you're. You're. Um, we probably should wrap it up as well. But I, I do have one. Not issue necessarily, but I, I've been running into this a couple of times with just friends in the industry okay. who want to get out of either doing color or get out of doing cuts in general, and they want to get into more specialization. Which, to be honest, I come from the era of specialization. That's all I do is, is cut hair. I don't do any color. I started um, as a specializer. Did you? Yeah. I was um, I'm afraid of doing color. Like, I, I, I understand it, but I, I mean, I always get stuck and all that kind of stuff. So I just, I'm not ever going to, I'm never going to do it. Um, how would you go about saying somebody who's, so I have a really good friend of mine, Thingy, out of, uh, I think it's Massachusetts. No, 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 it's D.C. She is just a colorist, but, you know, she's not married to a, she's just, a, she wants to be just a hair cutter, but she's not, married to a color so she's like well how do i get out of doing either corrective colors or tougher colors you know like how, how would she move out of that uh well it's pretty simple it's like if you don't want to do something charge more yeah like well or you <laughs> or it might backfire and you'll end up like with just more of it because they're like ooh, they're more expensive so they're more than exactly free. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have like the 50 50 chance of that <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what i mean for me I, this is why i love working in a team environment with uh with a large group of people and and as a stylist because i don't like project hair i mean Everybody in my salon will say, Stephen doesn't like project hair. I can do project hair. 
you've seen my work. I've done it. We've, I do it at shows. I've do color. I can do, I actually really do like it, but it's not the best use of my time in the salon. So when I get a consultation for corrective and like long-term color, I always know who's my best people who are passionate about that in my, with my team. And I, Always pull them in, recommend them, introduce them to the people and let them take over. And you know, this is one of the things that's really a huge advantage of working in a team scenario versus by yourself. Now, if you are working in a scenario where you're by yourself, then you need to build a team around you that you yeah. can refer people to. So you can start to like change that way. You know, you got to have like, you, you got to have, some kind of support, no matter what you were saying about it before. It's like, even if you're in your little suite, people are still going to come in and uh, they're still going to pop their head in. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. You know? So I think that's really good. Aaron Keller says, Oh, Steven, I have so much to say about what you're talking about. Well, what do you got to say? (laughs) <laughs> actually we're running out of time here but we will be um this will be up on our podcast yeah we finish it right and, here i think it'll be good our, our, the super important podcast about hair uh yeah a really important a, a super important podcast <laughs> about hair yeah a i did put the very first one up on youtube today okay so we have one on our youtube channel so you can go to a super important podcast and you will be able to find our first uh, uh, YouTube video. This one will probably go up fairly soon. Fairly soon. I'll, I'll probably try. I'll, I want to try and launch one at least uh, every Sunday is, is my yeah. goal. Yeah, we're going to try to pop these up on every Sunday. And um, we'll be doing, we also have an audio one. Uh, the website isn't quite up yet, but you can find it at a super podcast or a super important podcast. I can't even say it. It's so, it's like a tongue twister. A super important podcast.com will be live soon. Um, but right now you can find it on Google play. I do believe oh, cool. uh, we did get rejected from Apple again. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Like we'll figure out why and we'll find a couple more. <laughs> it's those Apple Macintosh are just a flash. Because we just talked about it. Now they're going to really tell us we can't. <laughs> it actually says in their terms and conditions when I was reading that you cannot talk about Apple. Uh, really? <laughs> That's funny. Just cut yeah. that part out then. Um, <laughs> so, how, how do people get a hold of you, Stephen, if they want to see your, your work or, or what I, you know, like how oh. do they get a hold of you on Instagram? They can find me at Stephen Adams, S T E. P-H-E-N, Adams, A-D-A-M-S. Don't get me confused as the basketball player. Hair, H-A-I-R. So Stephen Adams Hair. And you can find me on Stephen Adams Hair on Instagram, on Facebook. You can look up stephenadamshair.com for my personal website. And our podcast right now is living on there, on the back end. So you can hit podcast on there and you can listen to all of our all of our little rants and what we're talking about. We're really hoping to keep this growing. How can they get hold of you, Mr. Ryan Teal? Uh, Ryan underscore Teal, T-E-A-L. is my personal one with my rants and my daily um, uh, Instagram stories. Um, and then every Monday, I'm going to start interviewing 
just a hairdresser. I don't want to interview super famous hairdressers, just a hairdresser in a salon. Um, that was super successful last Monday. That I wouldn't really interview this Monday. Um, but I really want to do, I don't even want to do like beauty school students. Anybody that wants to just talk with me for like 30, 40 minutes, that's, that's kind of my goal. Um, so that's Ryan underscore Teal. And then I have a curated Instagram now, which is called Just Hair Original, which just posts other people's work um, of, you know, just stuff that I like on, online. And I like celebrating, you know, what, what hairdressers are doing. And I don't feel like we celebrate each other enough. So that's me just celebrating and stuff yeah, enough. Thank you so much for posting one of my pictures too. Oh, I love it. I, and and I, I won't post it if I don't like it. So that's why I did post it. And then um, I also have one called I Am The King Of The Road, which I haven't really developed yet though, but that's my travel stuff. So that's like me you know, on the road and like, you know, me like walking down in my underwear in a, in a hotel lobby to go get a cup of coffee and stuff like that. So sounds like a good time. <laughs> I've done that. And I actually almost got kicked out of the, uh, kicked out of that hotel for that one. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't really love that when you do that. Um, one other thing, if you want to look at um, my salon is Moxie Hair Salon and Moxie um, Advanced Academy. I have an advanced academy that once a month we do, uh, hands-on education so in case you're ever interested in hands-on education gotta put a plug in right yeah sure do you no not at all not at all Please like, do. I'm cut that one right out no no no, no. and then also you're going to be at abs chicago right i'm going to be at abs chicago so everybody stop by the erosio booth that's where i'll be at the um abs i'll be running around and it'd be super awesome to see everybody are you going to be a premier as well i'm not i i'm super busy this week are you going to be at Premiere this year? I will be at Premiere in some form. I'm not, it's not solidified how yet. Okay. I uh, am going to be at Premiere. We will be doing live podcasts, hopefully. And oh, yeah. our super secret, secret, secret guest host said that they are totally interested in doing it at Orlando as well. All right. Yes. Yeah, so that's something that, that, you know, I, we, we, I won't let that one out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, IBS uh, Las Vegas, are you going to be there? I don't know yet. Okay. I'm definitely at IBS Las Vegas. Uh, I'm doing a hands-on, uh, I'm doing a motivational talk, and I'm doing a demo. You know what's interesting? It's the only hair show I've never been to. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. It's, I kind of want to go. It's like right around my birthday, so it could be a really fun one to attend. Well, let me know. and I'll, I'll see if I can, if I can uh, maybe get you a room. All right. That yeah. sounds awesome. Well, so, peace out. Yes. Talk okay. to you guys. Goodbye. Hold on. Let me turn this around so I can say goodbye to all my fans as well. All right. Or whoever. Oh, hold on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> goodbye, you guys. <laughs> all right. I'll see. Peace.